Okay, Bruchem Abba, welcome everyone. Parshas Bahalois, I have some uh, great imponderables for you. Um, I want to let everybody know that next weekend, from Matzoy Shabbos, June 17th to the 19th, our base Medrash is having their annual campaign to benefit uh, our base Medrash and Torah Center. If anybody would like to be Meshtatev, uh, it's a charity campaign. You can go to charity.com slash MMH, charity.com slash MMH. If anybody would like to make a team page, um, there are incentives for that. You could see our email. Um, please let us know. Here are some Ha'arais on Parshas Behaloischa. Here we go. Questions on Behaloischa. Everybody knows that what's the connection between the beginning of Behaloischa and the end of Nasai? Bahaloischa begins that Hashem gives Aaron HaKoyin the mitzvah of lighting the menorah. Rashi says that when Aaron saw the Chanukah of the Mizbeach, Chol Shadaita, his mind became weak. He had what is known as Chalishas Hadas. And Hashem tells Aaron, no, don't worry, Shalcha Gedoyla Mishalahem. Your contribution to the Mishkan is greater than theirs. Because you're involved with the Menorah. So, the question is, how do Chazal know that Aaron felt bad about this? Does it say anywhere that Aaron felt bad? So they say, well, Chazal knew Baruch HaKodesh. That doesn't really help us. Because Rashi is not Rashi is not telling us divine, divinely communicated information that you can only know through Ruach HaKadosh. Rashi is telling you what is known as Pshut HaShamikra. So how is it, how do we see, meaning I understand in the juxtaposition of the Psukim, that the, why is the Menorah near the Chanukah Samizbeach? Obviously the Menorah somehow is, is, giving Aaron an opportunity to participate, but how do we know that Aaron felt bad about it? Maybe he didn't feel bad. Maybe he accepted it. Maybe Vayidoim Aaron. Maybe Aaron said, this is what, uh, this is what Hashem decreed. How do we know Aaron had Chalishas Hadas? Do we find that Aaron had Chalishas Hadas when his children uh, passed away? We don't find Chalishas Hadas. So how do Chazal know that he had Chalishas Hadas here? How, how do we know that? Maybe he didn't have Chalisha Sadas. Maybe God just gave him the Menorah because God didn't want him to be left out. But how do you know Aaron felt bad about it? Is it that Chazal, it has to be Aaron felt bad about it? Is it that if somebody sees other people having opportunities in Ruchnius, it has to one is supposed to feel bad about it? But where do you see in the Psukim that Aaron felt bad about it? And here's even a stronger question. How do we know that Hashem responded, Aaron, what you have is greater than what they have? Maybe what Hashem said is, Aaron, you also have, you could also participate. You also have something to do. You also have a job. How do we know Hashem was saying, you have more than them? Maybe Hashem was saying, you have equal to them. I'm very troubled by this.
Next question. Rashi says the Levium had to be shaven because they were atoning for the Bechayrois who served Avaydazara. That they served Avaydazara, which is called Zivchei Mesim, and a Mitzayra is called a Mace. And therefore they're treated as if they are Mitzayraim. Why? Because they're in lieu of people who are considered dead. Here's my question, friends. Just because the Bechayim served Avedazara, and Avedazara is like someone who's dead, there are a lot of people who are considered like they're dead. What about a poor person? What about a blind person? So why are we saying the Bechayim are compared to a Mitzayra? Why a Mitzayra out of anybody who is Chashav Kameis? Furthermore, another question. I'm sorry. Rashi says the Arain traveled three days ahead of Moshe. So Moshe had to say, oh, wait, wait, hold it up, hold, stop, don't go any further. As if, if Moshe didn't say that, the Arain is going to be running ahead. Where's the Arain running? Why Why would it, what, the Arain had a mind of its own? Weren't there a Leviim holding the Arain? So we know the Arain held those who held it. But it seems like had Moshe not said, stop, the Arain would, just would have ran ahead. Why? I mean, the Pasuk says in Lamed Gimel, the Aroin bris Hashem noisel if neam derech shloishas yomim. So, if Moshe would not have told the Aroin to stop, the Aroin would have been like a runaway Aroin? Isn't that interesting? That Moshe had to slow it down? Okay, Perak Yud Beis Pasuk Aleph. So Miriam spoke Lashon Har about Moshe, that Moshe separated from his wife. Who is his wife? Tzipira. What was her nationality? She was Midianis. But the Pasuk says she's Kushas. She's Ethiopian. Rashi says, what's going on? She wasn't Ethiopian. Rashi says, everyone would agree she's beautiful, just like everybody agrees an Ethiopian is black. You know, that's a very interesting way to say that a woman is beautiful. She's Ethiopian, huh? But she's from Midian. No, just like everyone agrees that an Ethiopian is black, everyone agrees this woman is beautiful. Can't you just say the lady is beautiful? Why are you speaking this way? Isn't that a bizarre way to talk? Why does the Torah describe her, her beauty, in the, in such an unusual and backhanded way? Furthermore, Rashi says a different reason later. Rashi says, Rashi says later, actually, a kushi is ugly. So why are we calling her kushi? Because, you know, somebody who is very beautiful, you don't want there to be an ayin hara. So there's an expression, people say a Yiddishism. You know, people would say about a grandson, a grandchild, a miasol, a disgusting all. You know, be this way, there wouldn't be an ayin hara. 
So this seems to be contradictory. First Rashi says she's called Kushis, just like everyone agrees that Kushis is a Shachar, so too everyone agrees this woman is beautiful. And then Rashi says, actually, Kushis means disgusting. Next question. So what do they say about Moshe Rabbeinu? Well, Moshe Rabbeinu is the only prophet that he in the world. Why is he separating from his wife? We didn't have to separate from our spouse. The Pasuk says, Harak Ach B'Moshe. Why the double negative? It should say, Harak B'Moshe Dibar Hashem, or Ach B'Moshe Dibar Hashem. Why the double negative? Harak Ach. So actually, I'm seeing now the Sifsei Chachamim says Rashi is bothered by this question. And Rashi interprets, That if it would have just said one negative, we would think, That somehow would imply that they were saying he's not a Navi. What, he's the only one that God spoke to? that would somehow imply God did not speak to him. The double negative is, although he spoke to him, he's not the only one. Okay, so Hashem wanted to show Aaron and Miriam that in fact Moshe Rabbeinu had to be ready at any time to receive the word of God. So Hashem appears to Aaron and Miriam Pisaim immediately. Rashi says they were both Tamei B'darcharetz. They were both Tamei B'darcharetz. That's interesting. They were both Tamei B'darcharetz. Why would that have been? Why didn't they go to the mikvah? Aaron HaKoyin was in Makbid on Tfilas Ezra? Why was it? I mean, how was it that they were both... Why didn't they go to the mikvah? Okay, Rabbi Sai, those are some uh, questions on Parshas Bahaloisa. Let's bring up the uh, tefillah here.